All right, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Once again, welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, as well as a lot of guy stuff, parenting topics, as well as a few trending things here and there. So thank you for listening and being here with me. I really do appreciate it. Also, if you're a first-time listener and you like what you hear, then please just hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on, and that way you won't miss any of my weekly episodes that I upload every Friday morning, so be sure to do that. So, speaking of trending topics, I saw something on social media, and then it popped up on the daily news. Must have been last week, week and a half, sometime. It's been a, it's been a little bit, but it was a video of a guy or a girl or somebody in Philly, And are you ready for this? You may already know, but they were walking an alligator. Yes, a reptile, a meat-eating, cold-blooded alligator. Yeah, kind kind of crazy, right? Am I the only one that thinks that's crazy? I think that's freaking nuts. And it wasn't some small thing either. It had to have been up in that five foot range, walking around, uh, walking around a splash pad with a fucking harness on like it was a damn dog or something. I don't know. Just something that you would not typically see in Philly. I'm not from Philly, but that seems very out of the ordinary for me. So, I don't know. I've got a few questions. A. How in the hell can you legally have an alligator and not have it in some type of sanctuary or park or facility or something like that? Where do you keep it? In a bathtub? Does it just wander around your apartment when you go to work? I don't, I don't understand. I'm, I'm confused. B, do we just do whatever we want to do anymore? As in a society? Just, we just want to just go walk an alligator and have an alligator as a pet? That's just perfectly fine to do. There's no common sense there. I just see no good reason to have a pet like this. But is that me being discriminatory against an alligator? Or an alligator lover in this case. I don't I don't know. A lover of alligators. Maybe I should rephrase that. And I guess you could say the same thing about some dog breeds. Sure. But dogs are trainable. Dogs are different. You can train any dog. I don't really think the same can be said for an alligator. This is just... I don't know. It's just on another level. I just don't understand it. Now C. A cold-blooded reptile in Philly. How does that work? Philly gets cold. Philly has winters. Do you just leave it inside your apartment or your house? Does it hibernate? Do you, like I said, put it in your bathtub? I'm genuinely curious what this guy does. And D, why? Why, why, why? I've already said it a hundred times. Why would you have this? Why do you need this? Well, a quick Google search indicates that you can have exotic pets in certain states. So I guess that kind of answers that how aspect that I was wondering. And upon further investigation, the owner's name is Joe Henny, and he got the alligator from a friend when the alligator was a mere 20 inches long. And its name is actually Wally the Alligator. He has a page on Instagram, actually. It's got quite a few followers. So if you're so inclined, you can go check that out. I think it's called Wally the Alligator. But if you just search Wally, it's going to come up. That's what I did, and that's how I found it. And now in this CNN article that I'm looking at right now, Joe says the gator is quite different than any other one he has ever dealt with. Hmm. Really. According to him, it doesn't show any anger or aggression, and he says it refuses to bite. Really? Maybe it just isn't hungry enough yet, Joe. Maybe it's just not hungry enough. 
He also has the animal registered as an emotional support animal because I guess it helps him while he goes through his cancer treatment. So there you go. But this raises another question in my mind. How can a creature like this, an emotionless reptile, this alligator, be considered an emotional support animal? They don't, they don't show any emotion. Am I wrong? They, they don't have expressions on their face like dogs do or even cats do. And cats are assholes, but I think they have more expression than an alligator. I guess in my mind, I just don't see them being this cuddly, happy creature as this owner would suggest. I don't know. I just, I don't. To each their own, I guess. Plus, aren't there guidelines for those animals, for emotional support animals? I mean, isn't it indicated or implied that having an emotional support animal means that you will probably travel with this creature? So it can provide you with that emotional support that you're looking for, right? So that next Delta flight that you grab, you're going to see old Joe walking Wally down the jetway and then sitting down in 7B right next to you. And are you going to believe him when he says, oh, this alligator doesn't bite anyone. It's very unique. It won't hurt a fly. Right, right. Yeah, sure, guy. Sure. You're just going to sound like one of those crazy guys on a New York City subway. Couldn't you just get a cat or a turtle or a dog, Joe? Couldn't you just do one of those? Be simple. Be a simple man. I don't know. I do think this whole emotional support animal thing has gotten kind of crazy, possibly out of hand. Peacocks on planes, horses on planes, snakes on trains. Actually, I don't know about that last one, but I felt like I was on a roll, and it felt good. But don't you think there needs to be a line drawn somewhere? I think people really just like to see how weird they can be, or how much they can push that envelope. And then when someone questions them, they cry victim, and they protest that they're being discriminated against. That's what I think. And as far as alligator guy Joe, man, take care of yourself. I really hope you beat your cancer. I hope old Wally gets you through it. And snuggle at your own risk, dude. Snuggle at your own risk. All right, moving on. Enough of that. I just wrapped up another busy week and last weekend with some more family in town. First, it was my mom and my stepdad the other week. Great visit we had with them. And now this time, my sister and her husband and their two kids stopped out. They had their two dogs with them, too. It was another good visit. They came out for Labor Day weekend. It was great to have them come out and spend some time with us and get the cousins together, get them to bond a little bit, maybe get them to fight a little bit as well. That always kind of seems to be expected when you group kids up, though. But it was good. It was a good time. Nice having them out. They're a bit closer now. A lot more so now that they don't live in Vegas. They're only about six hours away instead of 26 hours away. So that is a, that's a nice treat to have them a little bit closer, just a day drive out here. So it's nice. And I'd really just want my kids to be more comfortable, to continue to be more comfortable around them and around their cousins and not be super shy and really just enjoy that extended family. It was actually pretty funny. My three-year-old niece warmed up to me quite well quite quickly, actually, calling me Uncle Justin and plopping down on my lap, watching TV and wanted to sit with me in the chair and stuff like that. It was it was just great. And I really appreciate moments like that, that a child that is not my own can feel and be that comfortable with me. It just it made me feel really good. And now that they're gone now, next week, my mother in law is going to come back in for a few days and get some more company with her. It'll be nice. My girls get more grandma time and they Love seeing family and their grandparents and cousins, like I said. It's just nice to see them interact with other family, more family, other close adults. 
And I think that's kind of important, too. It's great for kids to have that secondary support system, I guess, outside of just the parents, for them to build those relationships and get used to being close to other family other than just mom and dad. Being estranged from your family would be pretty weird, pretty shitty in my book. Not having them around or available, or maybe even that relationship is strained in some fashion. And that just isn't a good situation. The kids don't get to build those relationships with those people. Which, yes, if they passed away, that's a little different than you being on the outs with your mom or your dad. Or that you hate being around each other or something like that. Which, actually, my father-in-law passed away a few years ago. And it was hard. It was very... He was very, very close to my oldest daughter. They did a lot of stuff together. A ton of stuff. He watched her pretty much every day. He was the primary babysitter, caregiver, when both my wife and I worked. So, they bonded... A lot so it's kind of tough I was actually close with them too but a lot of good times there but anyways I know a few people that don't have that ideal dynamic with their parents or that extended family that it's broken somehow that they don't ever talk and it's stressful or awkward and then some have kids and now their kids don't get to bond with that extended family too like I just mentioned so I'm actually really glad that I'm super cool with my family and my in-laws and my sister. And I actually read a poll somewhere that said 72% of grandparents think being a grandparent is the single most important and satisfying thing in their lives. I thought that was actually really cool too, that being a grandparent is that high on their list. It's kind of neat. And I kind of thought about it and maybe it's like pets. Now hold on here. Let me, let me finish my thought. Hear me out. You know how people say having a pet keeps you young and active and keeps you from being lonely? They kind of promote having a pet when you get older. Well, I think kids, grandkids, can kind of do the same thing, if you know what I mean, right? Sounds plausible. They keep the oldies active and moving, conversing, thinking, being mobile, reading books, getting down on the floor. All things that they wouldn't normally do because they would be sitting in an easy chair, chilling, watching Gunsmoke or The Price is Right or something, and they wouldn't be as active as they are with grandkids. Plus, our kids will learn new perspectives and maybe different rules and different expectations from them, too. They can, in a way, be a window into the past as well, talking about things from before my time even. So, And I think grandparents can learn from kids, too, right? And even though we can think of our parents as out of touch or old school thought because they haven't dealt with little kids in a long time or they, you know, times have changed, old man, or we don't do that anymore, whatever. Those types of responses we tend to give. Well, maybe we don't tend to give those, but, you know, you get the point. But they can have different opinions and thoughts that actually may help us as parents. We tend to have an idea of how we want to parent in a way, things we want to teach our kids, and I think sometimes that can make us blind to other ideas or opinions. So even if we're struggling with it, we tend to just forge on because we think it's right or in our minds we think it's right. So I don't know, maybe parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, they can kind of help us through those moments, bestow upon us different strategies or ideas that may help us parent our own kids. Another aspect that I think is better is socialization as well. When you when you have a lot of this family activity, when, you have, when you're close with your family is what I'm getting at here. With more people around, more adults, more family, it promotes kids to acquire those socialization skills. 
it's not just mom and dad all the time. They get used to talking with other adults. And I think that's really important. My girls are not great at talking with other adults. So having those other adults around, especially the family members close, I think it really does help with that. Also, this is another aspect that kind of got me thinking. Being around other cousins, having my kids play with their cousins and vice versa. Other family where you have to get along to a certain extent. You have to be friends, essentially. It's not like when you have a spat with a kid at school or some other friend where you can avoid them and no longer talk to them for an extended period of time. And I guess my girls could not talk to their cousins. I guess cousins could not talk and not interact, but... That's not really possible when you're visiting and you're together for holidays or you're around each other for the weekends or all the time like that. Trips, vacations, whatever. They have to work through their issues that they get into to compromise, to get along. And I think that helps them as well with that communication and socialization and just problem solving. So I guess since this is now snowballed into some topic that... I didn't really intend to talk about. I guess this topic could be keeping your family close or staying in good standing or staying in contact with that extended family, something along those lines. I did find a little pro and con article. Yes, I did find an article. That kind of seems to be what I do here. But it was just the pros and cons of living close to family. And I'll link it in the description like I always do so you can check it out. But it really just talks about things like being able to invest in your younger relatives, being able to connect with them, how I talked about with my little niece, being close enough to go to your niece or nephew's soccer game or their recitals or even getting to babysit them. Those are all really great things, great benefits with being close to family. But they say the con is having to establish boundaries and make sure that your immediate family still comes first. And that sometimes family members can demand too much of your time, too much of your money or attention And you may have to get comfortable with telling family members no, which could be very tough. I've had to do it in the past. It sucks. Another pro they mention is getting to spend that quality time with older relatives, the parents or grandparents. Living close to them makes it great to get that quality in-person time with them. Having them around our kids and creating and sharing those memories that everyone will remember But this article also says it can lead to surprise visits, unexpected drop-ins, and expectations that you are always around and always available. And yes, when I lived close to all my family, we did have surprise visits. They never really bothered me. Actually, they didn't bother me at all. I think especially looking back now, I kind of enjoyed them. I appreciated those visits. I don't think there was ever a time where I was like, ah, damn it, family's coming over. It was almost always welcomed. So it's kind of nice. You know, you get to spend that time They come over, hey, I'm coming over, hey, we're shopping, I'm going to swing by, or hey, what are you making for dinner, I'm going to come down, and it was was all welcomed, it was great. Another pro is having that help nearby. This is kind of a big one, especially for a lot of people that are, you know, transitioning back to normal work, you might need some extra help with childcare, or picking kids up, or whatever. Having that family around to possibly help with that, those childcare favors, maybe you're in a bind, and you need someone to watch your kid while you run to the office, or maybe you need a quick ride to the airport even, or maybe even go out on date night. It's just great knowing that you have that safety net there, so to speak, that if you need them, they're there. But we can also get into that expectation of this, though, that our family is always there, and they're always there to help us with these hard moments. And although the poll I mentioned earlier that grandparents love being grandparents, and they think it's important, 
We also don't want to take advantage and just assume that they want to watch our kids all the time or assume that they want to do stuff and help out all the time. That can potentially burn them out. So this one kind of goes both ways. And the con in the article, they say, is feeling guilt when we can't really help them, that we can't reciprocate what they've done for us. But honestly, if our kids are going to be watched frequently and we're being helped in different ways, a lot of ways, then I think we do really need to make it a point to help out when we can and show that appreciation. Maybe taking them out to dinner or inviting them over for dinner or taking them to the airport if they need to go to the airport or whatever. You kind of see my point here. It makes sense, right? So there are a lot more pros and cons in the article that I'm not going to dive into and read, but you can check them out if you're so inclined. But wow, yeah, uh, this took a little deeper dive than I was totally intending to, but... I guess all I'm saying here is if you don't have those connections with that extended family, with your your parents and your grandparents and your sisters and brothers and all that stuff, maybe you should reach out. Maybe you should try to give it a chance and connect. And even if you're thinking about moving, maybe you would move away from that network of family that you have where you are. Maybe you should kind of think twice about it. Maybe you should really ponder that decision because it does make it difficult when you move away from family. When we moved here to Indiana, we had my mother-in-law for a little bit, but now she's been gone quite a while. So we are totally by ourselves. We don't have a lot of family nearby. Well, actually we have no family nearby and my sister six hours away is the closest one. So it does change things and it really eliminates that kind of shoulder to lean on when you need to lean on it. When it's not there, you got to figure it out. You got to Just figure it out. Or if that relationship is good, but you don't see each other that often, maybe you should try to visit a bit more. Maybe plan vacations with everyone. I know that can get a little overwhelming at times, but you never know. Could be fine. Also take a lot of photos. Take a lot of videos. Send them to your family. I know we all take a shit ton of pictures. Just take that extra second and send it to your parents or your siblings or whatever. They appreciate that stuff. I appreciate that stuff. It's nice to see. And if the relationship is not fine, it's strained or damaged, I know that can be kind of hard to step up into that situation and reconcile. We probably all have someone in the family that we don't talk to that much. I actually have a sister that I haven't talked to in over a year. She lives in another state. At least last I heard, she lives in another state. I have another sister that we chat. We do the traditional birthdays and holidays, stuff like that. We send a text and a photo here and there. And we care about each other, but we just aren't as close as we could be. And I also have a brother that I haven't talked to in a couple of years now. He's younger than me, probably 10 plus years or so. He lives up with my dad and my stepmom. And, and we are and we're never really around each other that much. So we don't have a whole lot in common. We never had the time to make that bond, I guess. I'm more of an outside person, mechanical stuff. And he's more of an inside computer stuff and games and things like that. So I don't know, we're just not on the same page. But I've tried to text, you know, here and there years ago, and it was never really reciprocated a whole lot. So I kind of gave up. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. So all right, so that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. That kind of snowballed, didn't it kind of went off the rails there. I was actually just going to mention family coming and being busy with that and it turned into this whole pros and cons list 
more pros than cons though, I will say that. Just keep those family members close, keep those connections close. Anyways, not sure I really instilled much value today. Maybe I did, maybe something there. But if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me over on podbean.com or on my social media. Both are linked in the description. How are you with your extended family? Are you good? Are you close? Do you have anyone you haven't talked to in a long time? Or do you have any insight on staying in touch with those people that are far away? Let me know. Also remember, tell a friend. They can grab this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. I'm actually still trying to get it on Pandora, but I'll let you know when it happens. But anyways, that's it. That's all I got. So I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.